Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. I'm Youngmi Mayor. I'm the host. Each week I discuss a sad topic or story and then I try to laugh about it to make hair grow out of my butthole and to make sure that, you know, if you're listening and you've gone through the same thing, you can relate and find some laughter in a harsh situation. So I know a few weeks ago I discussed this in the episode called Is It Because I'm Fat? And I talk about my lifelong journey with eating disorders and an unhealthy relationship to my body and my poor body image. And I began that episode by discussing the fact that I went through negligent abuse and a lot of that my body issues come from that, right? But negligent abuse is this huge, huge thing that I went through. And there are a lot of ways that it affected my personality deeply. And I wanted to talk about one of the other ways that it has profoundly shaped me as a person. And I'm going to call it, I'm always okay. So I think I touched on this a little bit in that episode But I think that it's very important to discuss negligent abuse because, you know, guaranteed, if you're listening to this right now, I would say the vast majority of you have have experienced negligent abuse as a child. And there is a huge chance that you don't even know that you did because the number one symptom I feel like of this type of abuse is being made to feel like you did not go through any abuse (laughs) like the way in which negligent abuse works or the only way it works is if your adult can convince you as a small child like for me it started when I was like six maybe younger that what I need, which was, you know, continual, constant support of adults and just being around other human beings as a human child, what I needed was something that I did not, absolutely did not need. And my parents need to, needed to convince me of that for them to be able to leave me alone, right? So when I was a little child and I was like, I don't want mommy to leave me by myself, I'm fucking six years old. I need like mommy and daddy to be home with me. They were like, no, you don't. And they needed to say that so then they could leave. And so then what happened to me was, you know, as a little child, I was feeling all these feelings, you know, fear, whatever, whatever a small child feels when they're left alone. And I had to convince myself that I was not feeling those feelings that those feelings were not real. My parents told me they were not real. And I needed to convince myself in order to continually stay in a situation where I was living with negligent abuse. And the reason why it's so important for me to say it in that way, I know it seems very like drawn out and over explained is 
you know, like I said, chances are if you're listening to this, you experienced it as well. We we live in like late stage capitalism and all of us grew up with two parents that had to work and you were alone watching TV. You know, there's an entire generation called the latchkey generation. And if you have experienced it, the reason why I'm spelling it out for you like that is because you there big, big chances are you were convinced that you did not experience it. And you probably did. I don't want to I don't want to say that you did, but you probably did. And the number one step into resolving these huge, profound effects that it had on my personality was to admit to myself that I went through it. And unfortunately, for for people who went through it, that's the last fucking thing you want to do. The last thing you want to say is that you were a victim of anything, right? And we see it with the fucking boomers who obviously were grossly neglected as children. They, they just do not want to look at the fact that they went through something. But if you don't look at that, you're never going to resolve whatever bad things hap- like happen to your personality as a result. And when I say the word bad, I, I don't like saying bad, but like what I mean is like there, there are parts of my personality that are deeply harmful to me as a person and those parts of my personality I thought were inherent parts like I thought I I was born a very independent uh loner person but I I absolutely was not I was born like a normal human who in need of interactions with parents and other humans were we're fucking monkeys we're just like social apes and I needed all of that but because I didn't get it and because the people that weren't giving it to me convinced me that I didn't need it, I just ended up believing that that's how I was born. And I think I think if you have gone through the same thing, that probably sounds very familiar to you. You're like, I've always been an independent person. I ne- I've never needed anybody. I always preferred being alone. Chances are that might not be an inherent personality trait. Chances are that might have come up because you were not receiving something that you were definitely in need of as a child okay so that's the reason why I'm sorry that it got so like let me tell you we're all negligent like like I just feel like this burning desire for whoever has gone through this to realize that you've gone through this because I feel like all of us were gaslit right by our parents and we were led to believe that we weren't and we were. <laughs> so, okay, I'm just going to tell you like my story of what, how that is constantly showing up in my life, day-to-day life as an adult. And like I said, I call it the, I'm, o- I'm, I'm, I'm fine, right? Like the, I'm always fine disease, let's say, not to be dramatic. Where's the spotlight? I feel like just the, the term negligent abuse is so dramatic sounding. Whenever I say it, I'm like, oh, like falling over. So, okay, so the, I'm always fine. I guess I'll, I'll say like the symptom, right, of negligent abuse is so harmful. <laughs> it's been so harmful for me as in my entire life um, that to this day, I'm like unpacking situations where I'm like, holy shit, what the hell am I doing? This is ruining my life. And the sad thing is, like I said, it was like baked into me. So I have no control over that response. 
you know, whenever something bad happens or sad happens, my without knowing, I'm just like, I'm always fine. I'm fine. I don't feel any uh, of the feelings that I'm actually feeling like fear, sadness and anger. They're they're not even showing up. And so then I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm always fine. And then months later, I'll, I'll be like, <laughs> and then I'll have to deal with it by myself. Um, but I'm going to explain to you an incident that happened that I that I've actually this is like how I like came actually across the fact that I have a lot of um, trauma around my negligent abuse. And I, like I unearthed it in therapy. So I'll just tell you the big like epiphany that happened that led me to realize that um, I'm really unaware of how much this has really harmed me. So I feel like I've said this story a million times, but in 2016, let's go back to 2016, Trump got elected and I went to drop off my son at school and all the parents were crying, mostly women, all the women were crying, right? And like, that's, that's also another thing. Cause you know, I'm sure the men wanted to cry too, but they didn't. And I got to school and I saw all these people crying. I wasn't crying cause I'm always fine, you know? And I felt this d dark, deep resentment. Like I was just like, fuck these people. Like, why are they crying? Like, like anything bad is going to happen to a bunch of rich white people in Manhattan? Like just because Trump got elected? Come on, shut up. Like that's those are the toxic thoughts that I had in my head. I'll own up to it. And then I told my therapist, I was like, well, why were they fucking crying? They're such fucking cry. I, I was using all of the terminology like the I didn't say snowflake, but basically I was like, they're such snowflakes. Right. And my therapist was just like, why do you care? And I was like, well, I know, like, you know, I don't, I don't, but and she was like, you're so angry about somebody that's crying. And like, why do you care that they are having an emotional, you know, reaction to something that they can't even, they're not even in control of, you know? And I was like, uh, and then, so then she was like, I think like, well, how do you feel about this? And I was like, I'm sad. And, but I don't, but I think I said, I'm sad, but I don't feel like I deserve to be sad because I'm not like, you know, an, like a undocumented worker that's going to get kicked out or I'm not a, you know, somebody that's going to directly be affected by Trump. But she was like, okay, you feel sad and you don't need to, to like, uh, you don't need to like, prove to anybody that you need a reason to feel sad you're just sad so why not just like allow yourself to be sad and then I realized basically the reason why I felt so resentful to the people that were crying was because I was also sad but I felt like I wasn't allowed to show that which I absolutely am and so I resented them because we all felt the same way but I felt like they were allowed to do something that I was not allowed to do, which is all in my head. Because if I am sad about anything, I'm allowed to cry because I am not in control of my emotions. And if I want to cry, I can cry. And so from that, it was like this profound, like this epiphany where I was like, oh, I'm not actually upset at anyone that cries in public or gets angry in public, I'm upset because I think I am not allowed to do the same thing, which is absolutely not true. 
And that really shifted how I thought about um, myself and my emotions. And, you know, that that goes all the way back to me being six years old, being terrified, wanting to cry that my parents weren't there and them telling me that I was not allowed to. Right. Um, It's like that saying, you know, they say, like, no use crying over spilled milk. But when you're a fucking three year old, that milk means a lot to you. And if it spills, you fucking want to cry. And it's not like you're like controlling your emotions. You want to cry. You should be able to cry. And no one, no one can tell you, hey, that's stupid. It's a glass of milk. No, because you're three years old. And to a three-year-old, a glass of milk means a lot. And, you know, I've also shared this story in the past. But when my son was a little kid, I, ac- I threw away his boba. And there's like two sips left of it. And he was crying. And then I was like, well, I'll just buy you another boba. And he was like, no, you don't understand. That was the only boba that it won't be the same one it'll be a different one and and i was like what are you talking about why are you crying and then it like hit me like he was like understanding like uh, objects and like individuality and mortality like he understood that that cup of boba was like him like he is a different cup of boba than another cup of boba do you know like he was having this profound realization um and I was just like, why is that sad? And then it hit me. I was like, that is very sad. And you were right to be sad about it. And I'm glad that, you know, it did take me a minute. But I realized I was like, no, that is very sad. And you have a right to feel sad about it. And even if I didn't understand why he was sad about the boba being thrown away, I'd be like, to you, it's very important. And you were allowed to be very sad about that. Maybe it doesn't make sense to me. I don't care about that boba. But you do. And like every like everybody, right? Like maybe, you know, the Donald Trump winning thing is a is a example where it's obviously a very sad and important thing. But maybe, you know, like your coworker or yourself, every once in a while, I'll like something will happen. Like like my like once I dropped, I bought this like vinegar that was like kind of expensive. But and I was like, okay, I'm going to get it because it's like fifteen dollars, but it's fancy. And then I dropped it and then I cried. And it was a $15 vinegar, but like, but I don't, I was sad about it. And I'm allowed to feel that in that moment. You know what I mean? But not allowing that um, caused this really negative, toxic emotion in me, which was the resentment when other people expressed those emotions, which again, directly related to the I'm always fine thing, right? And so that was the incident in therapy, which made me realize that this whole uh, di- like what was this, like survival mechanism of always feeling like I'm always okay was not without consequences. Because yeah, in every situation now, like I'll be amazing on a battlefield. Like I'm not gonna shit my pants. I'm just gonna let's go fucking shoot pe- some people. I don't know. I'm not gonna ever do that. But if if some weird scenario happens where I have to be in a war. I'm going to fucking crush it. I'm going to be like, whatever, man. Oh, my legs got blown off. Who the fuck cares? Like that seems like a good trait to have. Like you're always fine. You're so fucking cool. You don't feel sad. Look at you. You're so strong. You're not crying because Donald Trump won. Look at these losers that are crying. It seems like a good trait to have. But the underside of that, the side that people don't see in people that have that trait is like, we want, we want to fucking cry. I do want to cry. If I was on a battlefield, my legs got blown off, 
I want to be like, fuck yeah, I'm like fucking cool. I'd be like traumatized. But in those moments, we don't allow ourselves to express that. And then we're like, fuck all these people that are crying. I'm strong. And which is like, that is a horrible reaction to have. Anyway, so that was the event that made me realize that I that this I'm always fine thing is not good for me and I need to fucking work on it, you know, and I need to like in that moment against my um my instinct be like, are you fine or are you actually upset? And I have to like stop and like really assess how I feel. Otherwise, it's going to go somewhere weird, you know, like I have to tap into my emotions then or it's going to come out in a in a weird way you know i'm gonna out of nowhere like develop a like a like a cocaine addiction in four years or something you know like i have to be like i'm sad about this or whatever but to this day it's still even though that was like you know 2016 when i had this big realization to this day this shit is like so hard because it's like it's like my instinct to act like i'm fine um, which leads me to an incident that literally just happened. And I'm going to explain the, like, the emotional, what's, I hate the word journey, but, like, where I went, the story of my emotions in this incident that I think sounds very minimal, but it is, it was so, prof- like, so, uh, God, I hate it when I keep using the same words like in one episode. I, I use the word profound too many times. What's another word for profound? It was so intensely uh, emotional for me that I'm going to tell. And I think looking from the outside, most people will be like, that wasn't that big of a deal. Why were you so fucking freaked out? But I'm going to explain to you um, why it was so big for me. Okay, I know I'm like, it's also the story is going to be very vague because I'm always like so scared that someone's going to listen that like is involved. But okay, so what ended up happening? This is recently. This is a week ago that I said uh, something happened between me and my friend and I told my other friend about it. Right. And it was upsetting and it was not my fault, but it was just like me and my friend, there was like something that happened. I told my other friend about it. And during the, when I was telling the story, I kept saying throughout the entire story, I'm totally fine. <laughs> I'm totally fine. It's not a big deal. So I was like telling the story of this friend that did something fucked up to me. And then during the story, I kept saying, I'm totally fine. And it's not a big deal. And then the friend that was listening at the end of the story said, I'm going to check in on that other friend and make sure that they're okay. And in that moment, I got enraged. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I told you this fucked up story of, you know, our mutual friend doing something fucked up to me. And your response is to go check in on that other person. Like, do you not care about how I feel? What about my feelings? And then they were like, you literally kept saying that you were okay and that you didn't care. And then I was like, okay, you are totally right. I did say that because that's my, that's my response to things that are hurtful to me is to, is to be like, I'm totally fine. And until that moment, I actually thought I was totally fine. I was like, this doesn't bother me. I'm totally fine. And then when they were like, I'm going to go check in on the other friend and make sure they're okay. I was like, fuck you. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not totally fine. I'm very upset. and I'm very angry. 
Um, but before I realized that my friend was not checking in on my emotions because I literally told them not to, I felt in that moment like, oh, I guess nobody cares about my feelings. And I guess everyone else's feelings are way more important than me. And, and then that, so that made me angry. But then I also felt deep relief knowing that nobody cares about me and nobody was going to come and help me. And I think if you went through the same thing, you're going to understand what I mean by deep relief. Because it's like throughout my life now, I've told myself the lie that I was told when I was a little kid, that I'm the kind of person that does not need emotional support ever, ever. I'm fine. I'm always fine. I'm an independent person inherently. I'm a, I like to be alone inherently. All of those are lies. But when people come into my life intimately in an intimate way, like friends or, you know, relationships, whatever, I sort of want them to respond to me by not helping me emotionally because then I can be like, I knew it. I knew you didn't care about me, right? If it, I know this might not make a lot of sense to people, but I feel like if you go through negligent ab abuse and your response is to push people away, this is going to make a lot of sense to you. And so in that moment, I felt like I knew it. I was right. Nobody cares about me. Um, and I felt relief. I know relief is such a weird way to say that, but it, it, that's what I felt. I felt relief. Like, oh, I don't have to... I, I don't have to believe that somebody's going to be there for me, right? I knew it. I'm, I'm right. Um, so that, that whole thing is directly related to like my childhood. And I'm fucking 38 years old. And that's how I'm, that's how I tell stories to this day when somebody hurts me. I tell the story like, hey, I'm, I'm fine, by the way. And I'm strong. And my feelings are not hurt because I'm strong, but this other person did this. And because of my behavior, it's like a self like self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like this idea that I think nobody cares about me. And so when I tell stories, I'm like, hey, by the way, I don't need anybody to help me. Please don't help me. And then they end up not helping me because I told them not to. And then I'm like, I knew it. Nobody cares about me. Like that little song and dance it's so funny. I mean, it's it's funny saying it like that, but it's like so painful. It's so painful feeling. Um, but then I ended up having a discussion with my friend and I was like, you know what? I know I kept saying that I was okay, but that's my reaction to when shit goes, shit hurts my feelings. So in the future, can you, if you ever hear me saying that over and over again, please be aware that I'm probably not okay. <laughs> Um, and you know, it's like weird to tell people that, but also I'm not going to judge myself for doing that because I know why I act like that. Cause I'm, you know, I'm aware that I was affected by my childhood, right? I know that was very vague, but hopefully you followed along to what was going on. And if you, if you see that like behavior in yourself, um, you know, you, you understand where it comes from now, you know, you were, you were told that you don't need help. And so in times when you need help, you're going to try to convince everybody that you don't need help. And it's 
ridiculous, but like, what can we do? You know, that's just how we are. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on being more honest with my feelings. Um, another way that that manifests in behavior that's, I think, very sad is when I'm with a friend or I have a friend that's going through something really rough. My reaction to that is to go away, which is does not make sense to a lot of people. Like if I have a friend who I don't I don't want to say anything to like, let, let's say their dog died. Right. And that's very sad. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then just never text them or call them or check in on them because I'm going to be like, they probably don't want me around and I'm not going to be helpful. And that fucking sucks. You know, that behavior fucking sucks because they don't understand that that's my reaction to when somebody needs help. I, I think that they need space. They just see that as me not being there for them. Right. And I, like and in that moment, trying to explain that to somebody who doesn't have the same sort of personality that I do is fucking impossible. I'm like, well, you, your dog died. So I, I didn't want to call you or be around you. I'm sorry. I didn't want to bother you. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like that, those are the moments you actually need a friend or a partner, you know? And in those moments, it's like, I can't, I can't tap into the, the painful possibility that like somebody's going to need me around, you know, because I was told that, uh, we're not supposed to need anybody. And I think, um, similarly, when I go through something really hard, I like just go off by myself and I literally don't know if I could handle somebody actually showing up for me and being there for me in those moments. Because then I have to fucking sit there and think about all the moments in my entire life where, where I needed somebody and then they weren't there. And that's like so fucking painful, you know? Well, like, well, what the fuck am I going to do if I need somebody and then they show up? <laughs> Like, I don't even know what I, I would probably like shitting and farting and throwing up. I don't know what I would do. I don't even think it would feel good at this point. Right. But it probably would. I, I probably should work on that so I can accept, accept help when I need it. Um, it's, so, you know, like I said, this like I'm always fine thing. If you are um, listening to this and you have this personality, I think it really is something that you should look into because there's probably a lot of stuff that's being repressed going on. That's my personal story. But I also want to touch on this one other thing that, uh, you know, I, I know I mentioned the snowflakes thing earlier and boomers. Like, I think a lot of people, I think they're, unfortunately, I think most of the world went through this thing where as small children, the support that we needed was not afforded us. And so now we're like, now we're all stunted in this way. We're all, all of us just need to reach out to each other and be, uh, help each other, you know, in these moments. But we can't because our, because our behavior has been structured to make that impossible, right? Um, and not to get all like, oh, big picture about this, but I do, th I do see this behavior so much in older people and, um, you know, I, I, there's this tweet that I really love where somebody was like Fox News is like a science experiment <laughs> or a science like program to make us all not feel anything when our parents die. 
And I'm like, not Fox News, but like their behavior is almost structured to make it so that we don't reach out to them or feel sad about them when harm goes their way, right? And it very much, I feel like, is from the similar thing. You know, our parents' generation, when they were little children, definitely went through negligent abuse and they were taught that nobody was going to be there for them. And so they react in this way. I'm talking specifically about my parents, but I think that this is broad, could be set, said broadly about like the entire crazy boomer QAnon people online. They, they behave in this way that's like, fuck you. I don't need you. Fuck you. And then they're like, <laughs> like, you know, like <laughs> my kids won't call me. And then they're like, why won't my kids call me? It's like you, you literally told us not to call you. And it's very sad. It's literally what I do, you know, and then they got all and then they get all sad and call everybody snowflakes whenever we cry or whatever. It's literally like the behavior that I'm explaining that I see in myself that I'm always fine and don't act like a victim, whatever behavior is the behavior that I'm seeing in this like older generation. And, you know, I don't think it takes much of a stretch of the imagination to imagine the reason that they're acting like that is because they went through something similar that I that I did. Right. Um, And I guess the reason why I'm bringing that up is because that's literally how my parents act. Um, And it just keeps making the divide between us greater and greater and greater. And especially my father, my dad acts like this. Like, he's like, I don't fucking need you. What the fuck? You know, you're not going to call me because he definitely grew up the same way that I did. And now it's like, oh, okay, you don't need me. And when I contact you, you're going to talk about this weird, like, conspiracy theory about vaccines. Like, I I don't want to, I don't want to engage with you. And it's like, you know, it's like what I said, it's like a virus. It's like it's created to cause more of it, you know, like the actions created from negligent abuse is in order for it to keep growing and to like get perpetuated. Um, And if we don't, see that in ourselves and resolve it it's just going to co- keep continuing and continuing you know i suffered from negligent abuse as a child i worked on the symptoms of it i'm working on them till this day because like i shared to this day i'm suffering from symptoms of like that type of childhood and i'm doing it in order that i don't spread it to my son right to make sure that he knows that when he cries it's valid and he should never be alone without me until he's, you know, of age. Like, don't worry, I'm going to let him, you know, <laughs> go out alone when he's a teenager, but like not now. Um, he needs, he needs me. He needs other people and there's nothing wrong with needing other people because that's how all of us are we all need other people and it's not a weakness and it's not something to be ashamed of and you know i see those problems in myself and i'm glad that i'm naming them and working on them so my son doesn't have to go through them 
Anyway, so the actual big picture of this episode is that I just wanted to share that story. I know I say this all the time. I wanted to share the story in in the off chance that maybe this is your story and maybe you are going through it and maybe it was very hard for you to realize that and say that I'm going to say it and I'm not going to be embarrassed of the fact that I went through negligent abuse and it makes me feel shitty and embarrassed to say that. It's embarrassing and humiliating to say that uh, something bad happened to me because it makes me feel weak and it makes me feel like a loser. But that's literally the, the reason why I'm saying that is because of the negligent abuse. So I'm going to say it. I'm I'm going to say it and it's it's fine. I'm working on it. I'm healing from that. And that's, that's all I wanted to say. So thank you so much for listening. Um, I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Harry Butthole. Pot, oh. It's just patreon.com slash Harry Butthole where you can suggest a topic that I want to speak on uh, that I that you want me to sp- speak on, sp- talk about. And uh, or because Patreon is donation based, you can just leave a comment on the Instagram, which is Harry Butthole Podcast. I forget every week. Um, and if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at YM Mayor on Instagram or Young Me Mayor on TikTok. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.